Here's a very important instruction for us as Christians. Titus chapter 3, 9 through 11. But avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. A man that is an heretic, after the first and second admonition reject, knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth being condemned of himself. Some people just want to argue about Scripture. They come across our path and they want to argue about all these denominations and they want to try to prove to you that their denomination is right. We must not get entangled with these people. If they cross our path, and they sometimes do, we must depend on God to get us free from them. We can call on him immediately as they start to argue and say, God, help me. Help me to know what to say. Often it's sort of like a flash fire that it's unexpected and it just hits us in a like a big tidal wave or something. But God is always in us and with us. And so if we can just remember to call on him when this happens and inwardly say things like, please, God, don't let me say anything to this person that I shouldn't say. And then in the future, we can avoid this person because We read that a man that is an heretic, if they're going to hold on to a doctrine that's contrary to Bible, or if they're going to fail to do Scripture when we present it to them, we're not going to be able to work with this person. And we will be pulled down with them. A man that is an heretic, after the first and second admonition, reject them. Just reject them. Walk away. Don't get entangled with them is what God is saying. He spent several months teaching me to do this scripture. My cousin, Church of Christ member, all her life, when she was 97, she told me, oh, I do well during the day, but I just get so lonely in the evenings. And I said, oh, well, if you'll just call on God and ask him to help you, he will. The next time I was with her, she said, I do well during the day, but I get so lonely in the evenings. She showed me that she cannot or will not do scripture. So from that point on, I just left her alone. I think that's what God is telling us to do in this section of scripture in Titus chapter 3. If they prove to us they will not do a simple scripture like Calling on God, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, like, in, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. If they will not do that, and they just keep wallowing in being pulled down, I don't see how there's anything you can do for them, and you'll just end up in strife with them. And you'll never come to a resolution and you'll always be troubled by them when you're with them. 
in the Old Testament, there's a scripture which says if we stay around people like that, they will end up being pricks in our eyes and thorns in our sides if we won't, don't drive them away. Well, we drive them away with the Word of God. Give them the Word of God once or twice, and if they won't do it, avoid them. That's what God has shown me to do. There was a woman who came in here uh, to uh, cut my toenails. She comes to, you, you hire her, but it's a business, and they will come in and uh, trim your toenails when you're older and you can't do it yourself. I hired her, and she came once and then came a second time. The second time she came, she found out that I had scriptural background, and she, she began telling me about her dad, who was so legalistic. And then she mentioned tongues and I said well Paul says forbid not to speak with tongues and she said oh Paul said to forbid speaking in tongues and I said no no Paul said to forbid not to speak with tongues don't do it don't forbid people don't forbid people to speak with tongues and she said something like uh she well she let me know that she wanted to prove that her dad's doctrine was wrong and so she was asking me these questions. Well, I, I hadn't been in this scripture in Titus, but I am now. Avoid foolish questions. Avoid questions like this. Because they're unprofitable and vain. After that session, though, when I saw she was just simply trying to find out information to prove her father wrong in his church doctrine, when I found out that, I canceled all future appointments with this woman and never had her back into my house again. Avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and striving about the law, for they are, are unprofitable and vain. My Church of Christ cousin tried to engage me in debate about the subject of apostles in church of christ in their her church of christ group they were taught that there are no more apostles paul was the last apostle it's impossible to talk to a person with this doctrine we have to settle the issue for ourselves and avoid them because they will pull us down with their doctrine if we allow it to happen. God has sorted through this thing about apostles with me. In Acts chapter 1, after Jesus was resurrected, Peter said we have to appoint someone as apostle to take the place of Judas. And they, Peter set up this rule. He said we have to get someone who has been with us from the time we walked with Jesus, from the time of the baptism of John until Jesus was resurrected. So they chose two men 
and drew lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and they considered him to be the twelfth apostle to replace Judas. Now, my cousin's doctrine is that Paul was the last apostle. Well, at the time in Acts 1, Paul was persecuting the Christians. Matthias was the one who was chosen to take the place of Judas as an apostle with the twelve. Matthias was the last apostle with that group. But after Jesus was resurrected and in heaven, he gave to the church some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That is Ephesians 4, chapter 11 and 12. And that was completely omitted from her doctrine. And they were teaching that Paul was the last apostle. Matthias was the last one of the original apostles. Paul was the first of this New Testament apostle who was appointed after Jesus arose and was in heaven. So you can't work with those people. They will cling to their church doctrine. One woman even said to us, well, we, we were talking to her about Antichrist and how there are many Antichrists. Not just one Antichrist, as the churches teach, but many. In 1 John chapter 2, I believe it's verse 18, John says, Little children, you've heard that Antichrist will come. There are already many Antichrists in the church. So already it had started. There are many Antichrists. There's not one Antichrist, as the churches teach. There are many Antichrists. Antichrists are those people who have fallen away from Scripture and set up another doctrine in their churches or in their hearts. They would be the ones that would say that homosexuals were born that way when Romans chapter 1 tells us that the homosexuals and lesbians have been turned over by God to do those things. Romans chapter 1, verse 26, 27. And God calls them vile affections for both homosexuals and lesbians. That's the way our doctrine has to be. But those people that make up their own doctrine while calling themselves a Christian, those are the Antichrist. And there are many Antichrists. Antichrist is a spirit in many people. It is the spirit opposite to the Word of God in the New Testament Bible. We can try correcting them once or twice, but when we see that they will not listen to the Scriptures and they're going to go their own way, we have to just leave them alone. One woman said to us, I don't care what the Bible says. I know what I think. You have to leave that kind of person alone. So we really have to do 
Titus chapter 3, verses 9 through 11. Avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and striving about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. A man that is an heretic after the first and second admonition reject, knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth, being condemned of himself. Don't entangle yourself with these people. No phone calls. No, how are you doing? No things like that. No birthday cards. No Christmas cards. Don't do anything that pulls you into their life. They will sometimes try to pull you into their life. I just avoid it. I received an email from a Catholic woman who would not hear the word of God. And she sent me, after a period of about a lapse of a year and a half or two years, she sent me an email of animal pictures. She wanted to draw me into her life. I just ignored the email. As much as I enjoy animals, I did not open that email and look at it because I know not to be entangled with her because she has rejected scripture and for me to not be entangled with her. I know to do this, Titus 3, 9 through 11. It is a thing we kind of have to practice. I had to work on it for probably four months every day, work on this scripture, a man that is an heretic. After the first and second admonition, reject him. Have I warned him once or twice? Yes. Has he rejected scripture? Yes. Just leave him alone. You just can't allow yourself to be entangled with them. You think they will change. Let God change them and then let them come to you. This is what he told me about this Catholic woman. Don't pay any attention to her until she comes saying... I did such and such because of such and such scripture. Then you can pay attention to her. But until then, just avoid her. Don't have anything to do with her. So that is what God showed me, and that's the way he worked with me to get me to do this. Because we keep thinking, or actually it's a devil causing us to think, oh, just give them that teaching. One more teaching, they'll understand. They don't understand. Only God can bring them to God. After we've shared, we just leave them alone. If they reject the word we share. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.